I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Thanks for being here, and I want to thank you for sharing my podcast with your friends. One of my main goals here is to be a community of moms helping moms love motherhood. We are all in this together. Last episode, we talked about ways to make life more magical for your kids. I love talking about that kind of stuff. Today's episode is a little more practical and a little bit less warm fuzzies, but the heart behind it is the same. Prioritizing what matters most. That's my goal here helping you make some parts of life easier, practically, so you can have more of what matters. So let's jump in. A little background about me is, I have read every book there is about home organization, tidying, decluttering. I really think I have. It's one of my passions and how I love to spend my free time. Now you guys know the real me. When I was a little girl, I would reorganize my parents' kitchen cabinets and drawers for fun. When we were moving last year, I was really looking forward to the project of reorganizing a new house. We were downsizing and losing over 1,000 square feet and had gained two humans in our family since the last time we moved. So it was a major project, but I loved it. My husband and I have been married for seven years and have moved four times. We have lived in an apartment, two rent houses, and a home that we owned. I love organizing new spaces with function and simplicity being the goal making space mentally and physically for what matters most. In this episode, I'm going to give you a few of my best tips. Before we start, I really don't think there is a way to have a totally clean and organized house at all times when you're raising little kids, especially toddlers. So that's not my goal here. I don't want any of us to feel frustrated that our house keeps getting messy. We want a home that can be messy, and we want little humans living in our space. It's a blessing that there are people in our homes, even when they are constantly causing disorder. My goals here are to simplify our homes so that homemaking is a little bit less work, that we are operating closer to a 30-minute pickup back to our clean home baseline instead of a four-hour pickup back to our clean home baseline, that our spaces serve our lives and our families instead of us being slaves to maintaining our stuff in our spaces. So first... Do you feel like you are constantly moving things around, all day, every day? Like, that's your alternate job title. Hi, I'm mom, and I move all my family stuff around every day. Moving clothes, toys, dishes, trash, couch cushions, tiny humans, all the things. Well, I'm going to attempt to answer your household organization and clutter problems with three words. Yep, only three. Here they are, the number one advice to having an organized house. Have less stuff. It really is hard to organize your stuff if you really just have way too much stuff. Decluttering is a topic big enough to have its own full podcast and books, and there already are some. 
So I'll keep it basic here. If you have things that you don't need in your house, you would really benefit from getting them out of your house. Donate, sell, give away, get them out of your space. Another basic home organization concept I have learned is that overall function and aesthetic are what matters. We all want a clean, functional space that looks and feels great. But I'm going to suggest that function needs to be the driver of your decision making. If you're a mom in the thick of raising little people and trying to run a household smoothly, go for function first. You can find ways to make your space more aesthetically pleasing after you have solidified the function of the space. If you decanted all your pantry items into clear bins, but don't have time to keep up with the expiration dates, have ended up with labels on those clear bins that don't match exactly and that drives you crazy, and don't have space for storing those cute clear bins and the space for storing the containers that hold their leftovers, I have been there too. This will work for some people, and I agree, I love the look of it. These cabinets and pantries make the most beautiful photos. But that doesn't have to be your standard for functionality and aesthetic in your own kitchen. If you are someone who doesn't have your grains decanted into clear containers, you can still have a beautiful and functional storage system. If you have tried some type of system like that and really want it to work but it just doesn't, it's worth it to try again and find a system that does work for you. Your time is too precious to be forcing something that doesn't work. If you put your precious time and hard-earned money into a system that doesn't work, I realize that makes it harder to let it go. But the money and time have been spent already, and your day-to-day matters. So adapt it and find something that works. It may just be a season you're currently in that doesn't match up with the function you had planned. Let's stay in the season of life that we are in at this moment in time. Maybe in the next season of life, you'll have time for perfectly matching decanted spice jars. But maybe in this season, you're barely mustering up the energy required to get kids fed. So function needs to win out right now. Another top tip I have learned over the years, give the best real estate in your space to the things you use the most. The things you wear or reach for the most need to be right in front, in the biggest drawer in the middle of the shelf. For example, if you wear your cowboy boots once a year, but you have to shove them out of your way every time you're looking for your regular boots to wear on the weekends, the cowboy boots need to be relocated. If most nights when you're cooking, you have to move the potato masher utensil out of your way to find your main favorite spatula, the potato masher utensil needs to be moved. So where do we store these things we don't use as often? In the worst real estate. If you have one of those large walk-in closets or walk-in pantries, this is great for you. You can put off-season or less used things on the highest shelves. If you are like me and have relatively tiny closets, you can have a storage bin in a different area of your house. I have a few bins in my garage with labels for off-season clothes and shoes. I also have a miscellaneous bin for clothes and accessories that are rarely used, but things I would want to look for sometimes. Like a couple of sparkly shirts for New Year's Eve parties, green pants I wear on St. Patrick's Day, my cowboy boots, things that might be hard to replace if I got rid of them and needed them again. I know where these things are and I know how to find them quickly when I need them but I don't need to look at them or move them out of my way every single day. Do you have shelves in your kitchen for six different types of drinking glasses that you never use, but your food storage area is completely stuffed and spilling over? The extra drinking glasses need to move to less prime real estate. 
Maybe they go to a bin in the garage or attic and you move all the cans from your pantry to that shelf where the glasses were. If you have a shelf or drawer that's too full, it's too full. Some things need to be taken out. You have natural limits within your house. Stay within those natural limits. If you start by prioritizing the prime real estate with the most used things, you can keep working down from there. The next most commonly used things in the next furthest away drawer or cabinet, and so on. At some point, you will have a stack of things that are hardly ever used. If you have space for these things in the worst real estate of the space, great. If you don't, they either need to be donated or stored elsewhere. I recommend having no more than one or two bins in a garage or attic for storing things from each room. If you have a huge amount of things in your storage area, you probably aren't going to take the time to go search through them when you need something. But if you have one bin in a storage area for kitchen overflow, then the once a year that you need your turkey carver, panini press, or muffin tins, you'll know exactly where to find them. That leads me to my next tip. For things to flow smoothly, you need to know where everything is and be able to access it quickly. For things to flow smoothly for your whole family, Every person in the family needs to know how to find the items they need and be able to access them quickly. Yes, I am a fan of the advice you've probably already heard. Every item in your house needs to have a home. My goal with this advice is to help you eliminate you being asked 400 times a month, Mom, where are the scissors? Or repurchasing duct tape for the third time because you don't know where it is within your house. Or sending your kid to school without their rain jacket when in fact that kid does have a rain jacket, but you can't find it before school on that surprisingly rainy morning. Another organization tip, store things near where they are used. We have lived in our house for a few months now and I'm still processing my way through this concept. I have two examples of this recently helping in my own home. First, we keep our dog bowls in the kitchen, but I was keeping her food in the garage. So almost every day, we are trekking all the way from the kitchen to the garage to the giant dog food container when we needed to fill up her bowls. Talk about making a not-so-fun task even less fun. Then I realized there is a kitchen cabinet right next to where we keep her dog bowls, so I filled up a plastic cereal container with her dog food and keep it there now, right where we need it. So when her dog bowl needs to be filled, it takes two seconds. The second example was, our kids are in swimming lessons twice a week. So for the past few months, I had been doing laundry, drying their towels and swimsuits, putting their towels back in the linen closet, putting their swimsuits back in their bedroom drawers, keeping my daughter's swim diapers near her other diapers, then twice a week going throughout the house to round up all those things to get ready for swimming lessons. Then I reminded myself, store things near where you use them. Now, after doing laundry, I just put their main swim towels and their swimsuits back into the swim bag. I keep several of my daughter's swim diapers in that same swim bag. Then when it's time for getting them ready to swim, I grab that one bag that already has all their stuff in it. It sounds so basic, and to me, it felt genius when I thought of it, but it took several months of making that harder for myself before I realized how to let that be easier. Store things near where they are used. Now let's revisit the topic of decluttering. Remember, I believe it's the key to having a manageable home. Here are some of the things I ask myself when decluttering. Do I use this item? Do I like this item? At a bare minimum, we should use all the things in our home or at least like those things. Now I hope this next advice feels freeing and not scandalous 
but you actually don't need to keep everything that has been given to you. It's yours now. I don't think Aunt Sally would want you to be stressing about the coffee table she handed down to you when you actually don't like that coffee table and don't like using it every day anymore. If she comes to your house sometimes or you feel the need to let her know you're ready to get rid of it, politely tell Aunt Sally that you are so thankful she let you use that coffee table when you needed it. But now you have found a coffee table that matches your own furniture better. You can ask if she would like the coffee table back or prefer that you donate it to someone else. If your family members have given you children's clothes that you really hate, don't leave them hanging in your children's closet. Your husband will put your kid in those clothes, and then you'll hurt his feelings when you don't like the outfit he picked out. If you really don't want your child to wear certain clothes, get them out of the closet. If certain outfits are really special to family members or are for certain occasions, have those in a designated area separate from the regular clothes. You can access them when needed. However, if your mom loves buying your child clothes and is over at your house all the time helping you, keep the clothes she bought and keep them hung up. Clothes are not worth damaging a relationship, so I want to be really careful how I give that advice. If it is something really sentimental to you or someone else, keep it. I'm not talking about those types of things. Please keep the peace. Maybe you can help her find clothes that you both love someday, but that's a topic for another day. The next advice is you don't have to keep everything that you spent money on. The money has been spent. Learn from it and start purchasing only things that are really worth spending your money on. Once you have a more simplified home, you'll start prioritizing quality over quantity. I do believe this will save us money in the long run. Here's another one. If you could quickly and easily replace the item and can't think of a specific future use for that item, consider letting it go. Examples here are having 1 million plastic Target bags stored in your kitchen, having 25 glass flower vases when you only ever use three, having an extreme amount of craft supplies that never get used, having 40 bottles of hair products that you never use stored under your sink. If you could easily afford and quickly replace one of those items in the off chance you happen to regret decluttering it, maybe you can let some of it go, especially if they are expired, dirty, or broken. Maybe someone you know would love some of the hair products you never use. Maybe you can recycle some of that glass or those plastic bags. Maybe you could start using reusable bags. Maybe this will be a lesson to teach ourselves how not to accumulate so many things we don't need. Alternatively, if you're unsure if you should keep an item and that particular item would be hard to replace after letting it go, don't get rid of those things right away. Items in this category might be jeans that fit perfectly, dishes that perfectly match the rest of your set, something very expensive or something sentimental. Maybe wait until you are further into decluttering and more confident in the decision-making process before letting go of those things. These things are more likely to trigger regret if you happen to regret getting rid of them. You could have a holding bin for things that you want to get rid of but you aren't quite sure about. Keep them in the garage for a few months and then revisit. You may be able to decide yes or no more easily when you come back with fresh eyes and haven't used them in a while. Remember, our goal here is not to just have less things for the sake of having less things. Our goal here is to have room for what matters most. How can the space in our house be best used to make our lives easier? That's our goal. If your spouse or children are not on board with decluttering, leave them be. I'll repeat it again. Leave them be. 
Please do not go throw away all your husband's clothes that you deem unworthy of the space. Start with your clothes, your closet, your part of the bathroom, the kitchen, the laundry room, whatever rooms you are the primary person in control of. The other people in your house may come around to the idea of decluttering once they see how peaceful your areas seem. Let them come around. This is about you for now. Most people are constantly accumulating. And once you've been in thinking in a prioritize my home and life kind of way, you'll actually slow that desire to be constantly accumulating. But most kids and most people with little kids are constantly being gifted new toys, are purchasing new clothes as they outgrow the old clothes, are buying groceries, home supplies, shoes. So many things are coming into our house constantly. My challenge to us moving forward is to try to be more intentional about what takes up space in our house. And we might have to revisit decluttering from time to time. We want to be careful about what takes up space in our house and what takes up time in our house. Because let's be honest, each thing in our house does take up our time at some point. And our time is our most valuable resource. So let's pause before purchasing. Let's only give space to the things that bring us joy. Actually, let's realize it's not things that bring us joy. It's memories and it's people. When we have less physical things in our way, we will probably have more mental space for the things that matter to us. If you're anything like me, I feel more at peace when my space is clear. It is like physical space directly affects my mental space. I really have a hard time relaxing or focusing when I'm surrounded by a physical to-do list. I think this goes for kids and husbands too. When our houses are functional and clear, we can relax and have fun more easily. Don't we all want more of that? I'd love to hear your best home organization tips. How do you make your space work for you? Do you have any great decluttering wisdom? Share your best tips on the social media posts for this episode. Let's be a community of moms helping moms. Before we leave, I'd like to say a little prayer and blessing for you. Dear Lord, thank you for giving these moms a desire to know you and fulfill your calling on their lives. Let us create not just a beautiful house, but a functional, safe, happy home for our children to grow up in. Let us be moms with physical and mental space for our families. Fill us with peace and clarity. Let us overflow with joy. The Bible teaches us that the noble wife in Proverbs 31 carefully watches everything in her household and suffers not from laziness. She instructs with kindness and her children stand and bless her and her husband praises her. Let us remember that whatever we do, we do for your glory, Lord. Amen. If you want more of the Elevate Motherhood podcast, be sure to click subscribe in whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. For more information, head to my website, CourtneyLundeen.com. I send a once a week email that will include the most recent podcast episode, scripture and encouragement, and links for things we love or talk about on the show. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.